ages past, in a world called Spanth, the land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... Of Dragon Town. Welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Yeah. An original Dungeons and Dragons adventure and the official fantasy role-playing podcast of NASCAR. Vroom vroom, dragons. I am Jamie, your host and game master. And to the video box below me, we have. Help! Put it out! Someone get the pit crew! That was Jeff That's Gordon. our pit crew. Yeah, that was Jeff Gordon, our pit crew. Uh, apparently there's a fire. So we're going to look into that. Uh, not a lot of people know we play on the, uh, the Indy 500 track. Mm, yep. <laughs> yeah, Best not a lot of people know that, there. that they've started racing again there. Yeah, super strange. I guess there's not a lot of social contact, so they can't, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, to the video box to my left, we have... Donacaro Whiskers. Rodri Wilder Carfins. Carpenter Neville. Carlovin Aurelis. Oh God, you guys disgust me. You're terrible. Oh, you're terrible. Let's let's steer away from cars and the car metaphor if we can for a second. Thanks, Jared. Hit us yeah. with that sweet, sweet recap. Let's take this exit. Oh, uh, put the brakes uh, on this, guys. Oh, no. Uh, emergency. Zoom, zoom. Last time on MQBD, the battle with Morgan, the candle-hearted, rages on. After a foreboding voice spoke in the Quest Boys' collective heads with instructions to wake the sleeper, Crobin decided to grab the orb barehanded and instantly fell asleep. Finding himself in some sort of trippy dream realm, Crobin located Joa slash Elijah talking to animals and tried to convince him to wake up. Crobin told him to remember Dahlia, and then Crobin and Joa slash Elijah were whisked away to a memory realm a la Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life. Crobin found out that Joa slash Elijah and Dahlia used to be lovers and that Dahlia was sentenced to death by Morrigan, Joa slash Elijah's loving quote-unquote mother. Meanwhile, Rondri revived Whiskers after the kamikaze candle golems blasted him. Whiskers then proceeded to kill the fucking goat, thus getting some much-deserved justice. Gallivant, Penn, Rondri, and Morrigan began a deadly dance of lighting and unlighting the three black candles to the fates. Gallivant told Penn to melt the eyeballs in said candles so she could talk to said fates. Eventually she did, and then a portrait on the back wall of the fates began to melt, revealing a portal into a thick wooded area at night with a trail leading to a quaint cottage. Penn entered the portal and started heading towards her own mysterious fate. Can Morgan be defeated? Will Crobin be able to wake Joa slash Elijah up? What will Penn's fate be, and will we find Grandmother at the cottage? Find out now. Indeed. Very nice. Well so done. Nervous. I, I know, I feel like I know what's going to happen, and I'm so scared. Don't be scared. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know that, but we'll, we'll all be fine in the end. I just want you to know I'm on to you, dude. Okay, okay. And I'm okay. watching you. We'll see, we'll see. The deep subterranean altar below the spire of violent destinies. The tall, vaulted ceilings filling with the black smoke of the, the fiery tapestry that has fallen, blocking our hero's exit. Unless they wanted to jump over it, I guess. <laughs> but our heroes stand facing down Morrigan the Thrice-Sworn, Whiskers standing atop a large wax-melting vat, having just deposited Morrigan's pain in the ass homunculus, Bart the goat, and Rondri stands at the edge of it, uh, a fair ways away from Pete the Duck. He's about to break. He is about to break. 
Crobin is asleep on the altar, some his consciousness somewhere far, far away. And Galavan stands in the center of the altar area, the altar zone, as it were, uh, with a murder of crows flapping and cawing madly overhead and facing Morrigan the Thrice-Sworn straight in the eye. <laughs> cool. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. And Galavan, you were actually our last turn, I believe. So Whiskers, it is actually your turn. Really? The portal has just opened. The, the large, the large, like four feet wide by about 15 feet tall Gothic portrait uh, displaying the three fates um, at the back of the shrine uh, over the dais um, has the colors melted away and the portal has, has opened to this dark wooded area uh, this very ominous, foreboding-looking woods, uh, and there is a trail leading through to a quaint-looking cottage, um, and it, you all can even feel the slight drafts of wind blowing through the open painting, as it this were. This is bad. This is so bad. Whiskers, what do you do? So I see Crobin on the ground asleep. I see Morrigan with Galavin and Rondry. And then I see Penn running into the portrait. So mm -hmm. Whiskers is going to yeah. look at them and then look at Penn and then look at them. He's like, oh, bugger. And he's going to run for the portrait. He's going to try and get in that portrait and follow Penn. Absolutely. You can make it, if you want to use your dash, you can make it, you can make it to the portrait. I will use my feline agility instead. Perfect. Um, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Can I get inside the portrait? You absolutely can do that. Is it just Whiskers, normal? you rush across, you leap down, landing on the ground heavily uh, in the middle zone. You race across as fast as your feet will carry you past Morrigan as she look, her eyes are locked on the portrait and she doesn't even see you because she pen just like basically did a big reveal of herself and then dipped through into the, the portal down the path. You give tr chase and right as you are getting up to the portrait, Morrigan sees you diving into the portrait and screams, No! After you, as you dive into the portrait. And you can, yeah, you make it in. You are, you, you lift yourself up onto the dirt and you are in a very cold, dark forest. You can still see like the firelight and the chandelier light coming from behind you. Like there's, but there's very clearly like, it is, it is, it is a completely out of place. It is just like a, a window in the woods that leads back to where you were. But on all sides, you are in a dark woods and there is a, a path with a small light of a cottage at the far end. And you, you hear a pen's footsteps kind of t -t 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 down the dirt wooded path ahead of you. Uh, I'm not going to use my action to, to dash, but I will, you know, follow her. Um, mm -hmm. But I will... She's only slightly ahead of you. Okay, cool. Then mm -hmm. I'm going to put my hands on my chest as I'm through the portal and pray to Rodane and... Rodane, please, mm -hmm. give me strength to follow Pen. And uh, mm -hmm. White Rose will grow out of my chest. I'm going to give myself some health back. Yeah, baby. Heck yeah. Give myself 10 health points back. Are are you still glowing with white energy from your heroism? Yes, sir. Nice. In fact, I am—I was the only uh, like normal-looking thing in the room because it was all negative, right? That is correct. That but, the area you left was all negative light, inverted but now that colors. I'm in, like a normal place, I guess, out in the woods. Mm -hmm. My hair. The colors all are white. normal. Yeah, my hair is all white, and I'm classic whiskers, but with heroism. Mm -hmm. There's when not a lot of colors. white. When Whiskers goes right. heroism style, his hair goes white. Yeah. Oh, Super cool. Singing, baby. And he like glows with a little bit of white light. It's interesting because in this, it, in these woods, um, there's not a lot of color because it is night. It's pretty dark. Um, you don't see a moon, but the slight bit of light emanating from this realm. Everything is mostly still in black and white, but just not inverted. Normal kind of world colors, you know, at night. You know how night is. Yeah, dude, so, I do. You can't see colors. <laughs> yeah. Whiskers, if that is your turn, 
Excellent. It is Igor's turn. What does he do? Oh, yeah. He's in the yellow zone. So the first thing he needs to do is roll a uh, wisdom check. Uh, 15. Okay. That is enough to succeed. So he feels the urge, the impulse, the strong, strong, overwhelming desire to caper and dance uh, madly. But he does not. He manages to resist it. Does he do anything? I think when he sees Whiskers jump in the thing, he'll look to the others and see that they're kind of in trouble. I think he's going to, like, he's going to hide. He's going to hide behind the vat. I rolled a 10. A 10. Okay. He he takes cover behind the vat, and he is definitely out of sight of any enemies. He's certainly keeping his eye on things. Hmm. He sure is. I'm winking at him. (laughs) Does he wink back? No, I'm winking at you guys. Oh, you're winking at us. Oh, okay. telling the audience. Oh, oh, that's a wink from Jared, everybody. Well, now it is Morrigan's turn. And Morrigan is going to whip around on you, Galavan. And she has, her face is straining with uh, repressed emotion. And she kind of looks down for a second and... (sighs) We can talk about this, please. (laughs) By the gods, you fools! You have not the slightest inkling of what you have done. You have dropped the girl right into their hands. You have all but ensured her doom. I must stay your fumbling. Worry not. Despite your efforts to harm me, I shall continue striving to preserve you. And she starts swinging the shadow blade around. Striving to preserve you until I can rouse my dear sweet Elijah. And then she angles back with the blade and lunges forward at you. Oh, no. Damn. A 16 to hit. I will cast shield. The gloomy, dark uh, shadow substance sword lunges forward with such piercing intensity. And right, you hold your hand up right to the point. And right where your hand and sword would touch, there is a inch wide silvery moonlight bubble that boom appears all around you and seems to uh, kind of uh, ripple slightly as the sword brunts its impact against it. And she, she she pulls it back and glares at you harshly. Careful with that, please. <sighs> she is just breathing heavily and staring daggers at you. Or swords. Shadow swords. It is the murder of Crow's turn and she they, Galavan, they fly away from you, actually. Okay. And they f- and get an opportunity attack. Oh, and I use my reaction. Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, um, but so they fly over to you, over by Crobin, and then they fly over to Morrigan. Uh, and it looks like between them, they have managed to nestle the orb uh, amongst their feathery bodies, and they drop it. And Morrigan holds into Morgan's outstretched hands, where she grabs it, and. Uh, knocks the, she has a crow's head kind of floating above her staff, above the tip of it. Uh, She knocks the crow's skull off and she takes the orb and she uh, uh, rests it so that it floats slightly above her staff. And then she looks at you uh, menacingly. Oh, neat trick. (laughs) Pen's turn. Pen continues running uh, whiskers. Pen is just fleet-footed running as fast as she uh, her little feet can take her towards the cottage, and she will basically arrive there um, at the at the door to the cottage, and uh, she'll have heard your footsteps behind you, and she'll whip around and look back, and she'll be like, Whiskers, come on, come on! We'll be safe in here! And she lets out a, like, on the door. But before, she doesn't get to finish it, she lets out a, and as she's in the middle, the door opens. And she is welcomed inside by some figures you can't quite see yet, Whiskers. And we are back to the top of the round, which means Morrigan's Lea action kicks in. Boo. Yeah, boo indeed. So Morrigan is actually going to change the color. (laughs) The chandelier next to you, Galavan, uh, changes from the negative black light to the putrid yellow light as Morrigan boom, taps her staff on the ground once more. And now it is Rondry's turn. 
Rondri, could you make a wisdom save, please, Let's for the future eternal light? That's a four. Okay. Rondri, you feel compelled to dance in place. You must use all your movement to dance in place, and you make attack rolls at disadvantage. I'm going to start dancing, and I'm going to pull out my uh, my Thundermonger cannon, and uh, unlike uh, Ripley, who sounds so cool when she says it during the end <laughs> of Aliens, Rondri's going to turn to uh, Morgan and say, uh, uh, Get away from her, you or him, you bitch! <laughs> fire, and that's a crit failure. Oh no, Rondri! Please roll damage. Oh no. Oh no. Bye. That is ten piercing damage and three thunder damage. Rondri, your gun begins to shake your thunder cannon as you uh, charge it up for this next blast. And you look down at it and you see something quite strange. You see it shaking violently in your hands. And in time seems to freeze for a second as right before your gun fires, it seems to, rather than firing forward, firing backward, exploding right. into you. You are blasted backwards off your feet, about 10 feet backwards, and you feel the impact of some great force into your stomach, hit you in the gut, knocking the wind out of you. Uh, but the explosion, the, the, the arcane explosion is really what uh, seems to have gotten and envelops your whole being as you are knocked to the ground. Oddly enough, your limbs, your feet still kind of twitching in a <laughs> dance. Uh, yeah, in a horrible, like, mocking semblance of a dance. You take the uh, piercing damage you described. Oof, ouch. Okay. Oh, that, that, that really hurts. Oh, dang it. You feel uh, a really sharp pain in your legs. Ow, dude. At least you can ouch. feel it. Means you can still walk. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, Morrigan raises her staff to the sky. The putrid yellow light, which is encompassing uh, both the areas you all are in, uh, grows deeper and more putrid, saturating the area around you all. The DC is raised by one yet again. Yeah. And Crobin, it is your turn. Um, so last time we had just been in the Dahlia cutscene. Right, and I'm. That is right. I was so I'm still slapping and like shaking him and screaming words at him, uh, trying to get him to remember or to like snap out of this stupid fantasy he's in. Um, yeah, you flash back to the pagoda. Does he say his eyes are just wide. Dahlia memory. He his he is just wide eyed. He seems to be in a state of shock and confusion. We're going. Who? What? What? We're going, Joa. Jo Joa, why did you, who is, and there is another flash as you were whisked away Not once again. I get one more slap in. You're yeah. Joa. <laughs> and as your hand makes contact with his face, there is a blinding flash of light as we are all whisked away. You see, Crobin, a humble shack around you, a peasant's cottage, very ramshackle, pretty much only one room. There is a child, maybe four years old, cherubic, with an unearthly aura of grace and charm, and freckles that seem to almost dimly glow with astral light, climbing into their mother's bed after a bad dream. Joa? Joa, what's wrong? The child tells her that they dreamt of their favorite mule on the farm, coughing up blood and dying. Their mother reassures them, but the next day, sure enough, the mule coughs up blood, and late that night, falls down dead. Another time change, it is later. The child wakes up again in the middle of the night, runs to their mother's bed, tells her of their dream, their father leaving town with another woman. She reassures them. But the next day, the mother and child stay up waiting for a father that never returns. 
a child sings a child's song to comfort their mother. It's clear that this child has a musical talent beyond their years. She smiles sadly and hugs them close. We jump through time again. Later still, the child wakes in the night more upset than ever and runs to their mother, telling her of their dream, that their mother stood with her back to them, a crow perched on her shoulder, watching as the world ends around her. She reassures them that will never happen. But the next day, the child refuses to leave their mother's side, even when she insists they stay home. She lifts something up and over her head, an heirloom necklace bearing a ring, and drapes it over the child's head, whispering words of comfort. Even still, the child joins her on her trip to the market, and you feel a pang of omniscient dread, Kroben, in your gut as you watch. The child sings to their mother as they ride on their cart through the woods. Oh, Joa, you put the nightingale to shame, she coos. A look of tenderness and love is shared between them. Then they are surrounded by men, strangely acting bandits? Bandits with bird faces? They stand, just staring, appraising them for a while. Then a flash of steel. They take the child and leave the mother laying in the road, pale and still. There's a flash. You are back in the pagoda, facing Joa, Elijah. Let me ask you something. Oh, oh, what are you doing to me? I need to ask the dungeon master something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Uh, yeah, what's up? The mother in the vision. Was that Morrigan? It was not. It wasn't? Oh. Uh, she stole him. She done stole him! She what stole are him? you doing to me? Joa, I'm not... Elijah, whatever. I, I'm not doing anything to you. I, I just need you to remember. Remember? Remember what? I... You're confusing me! You're confusing me! Look... Get out of here! What are you doing? Get, just get out! No, you and have to... With, with that, uh, yeah. we're gonna move on. Okay. Or actually... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. Okay, okay. Uh, anything for Pete the Duck? Uh, I think Pete the Duck is working on a chandelier, but, um, uh, what zone is Pete the Duck in? Uh, he's in the middle zone. Um, um he's about 20 that. feet up in the air, so please roll that wisdom check. Um, it's gonna be, uh, my base roll is a 17, so I think I got it. Uh, yes, that is a success. So uh, then, he is inspired to dance, but resists that strong urge we all know so well. Uh, then he is just... Man, I don't know what this duck would do. Whose side is he on? I, I think he's just going to try to keep biting away at these things because they're making him uncomfortable too, you know? Mm-hmm, for sure. He's going to keep biting away at this chandelier uh, rope that he's on. Yeah. Gouge away, man. Roll roll uh, just a d20 because his modifier is a plus zero. His quack attack. Three. Excellent. He he quacks away at it. He's, he's quacking. He's, he's quacking hard. He's quacking. He's quacking. He's quacking. <laughs> yeah. These infernal ropes are stronger than I thought. <laughs> Gallivan. All right. Um. <laughs> you hear a loud boom behind you and uh, hear the sound of Rondry thump against the ground. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, I'm sure well, he lets out like a, oh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to use a bonus action to make my cloak billow dramatically. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan is trying hard to hide it, but you just, I mean, even without an inside check, you can tell she's impressed. <laughs> yes! Time to go, and I'll cast uh, Invisibility on myself. Ooh! <laughs> Sneaky bugger, nice. Oh, wait, I gotta make a save, right? The... Uh, you do, yes. I do not make the save, so I'm gonna do the same thing, but while dancing. Okay, you dance, you <laughs> you begin to dance, and while dancing... Uh, the cloak starts billowing. The cloak is billowing, you're dancing, and then I imagine you strike like a John Travolta Saturday Night wow. Fever, fingers in the air kind of yeah. point, and then <laughs> you vanish from sight. Exactly, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. I am all about it, baby! <laughs> That's all I can do, because I can't move, right? 
Uh, that is correct. Well, actually, because you have proficiency in performance, you can move half your movement speed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll move away from the Morgan towards the, um, you know, the the thing. But she's mm -hmm. she might she can take a swipe at me. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you will provoke an opportunity attack from Morgan and the crows actually. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Love so that. you are invisible, but you are dancing. So I want to roll this with advantage, but I want to give you the chance to dance silently. So roll me a sweet, sweet little stealth check. Yeah, I'm going to try to moonwalk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Inspiration. Okay. So good for so many reasons. <laughs> it's a performance, is it a performance check, you said? It's a stealth check. Stealth well, check. hold on. No, it's a stealth check. It's got to be a stealth check. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's a 16. <laughs> Ooh, baby! And you moonwalk. It's it's unfortunate that nobody can see this moonwalk because you've been practicing this and you crush it. Yeah, I like Lula. It's not like just the backwards. It's like kind of the glide and then like spinning around. Yeah, oh, Lumen sees it. Yeah, Lumen sees it. Exactly, Lumen sees it. Um, great. So she is just going to. So she was gonna roll with. She was gonna roll with advantage because she kind of knew where you were, but because you and because she rolls with advantage because of the shadow blade, because of the lighting. Right. So she is just gonna roll one regular dice. Okay. Not with advantage. Gotcha. I'll still she'll probably get me. She might. That is a nineteen to hit. Oof. Can I use a reaction on my turn? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If the reaction, if the trigger is appropriate, yeah. But you'll but lose your break. ability. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I'll cast shield. I got a 21 AC now. And now you can see me moonwalking with a yes. shield around me. <laughs> she, she swings her sword at, at where she thinks you are. She can't hear you because you're moonwalking too silently. And it cling, your force field appears as you cast it. And then you moonwalk a little bit more just to show exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I can only moonwalk more. I'm still moving, right? So Exactly. I got, I got a moon shield around me, moonwalking towards the freaking painting. And exactly. can I get there? Am I close uh, enough? The, crow, the crows need to make an attack on you. Oh, dang it. First. Dang it, dang um, th They're actually not going to hit. Oh, um, yeah. The crows try to peck and caw at you, but you moonwalk <sighs> too quick. You moonwalk right by them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably you did one of those spin moves at that right perfect moment. Yeah. I'm like and turf and hard. Exactly. And because you're in the middle of the room, uh, your half movement will take you all the way to the portrait. All right. I can't go in. No, you can just make it just to the portrait. Mor Morgan just screams no again, but you you make it to the portrait, my friend. <laughs> Whiskers, it my is your turn. turn. You are running through the dark, dark, cold woods. You see a beacon of solace, a, a respite from this this cold, harsh environment around you. What do you do? Yeah, I'm gonna keep running after Pen. Mm -hmm. uh, can I make it there in thirty feet? Yes, with having used your feline ability agility from before, you can make it there in 30 feet. Cool. Then I'm going to take a look back through the portal to see what's going on in the other room. And I guess at this yeah. point, I'm seeing Galavan moonwalking towards You see the, the top portal. half of Galavan? And he's moving weird. Like, it's it's almost like he's floating on the ground. It must be some new spell he's <laughs> developed. So things are looking the same. So I'm going to turn <laughs> back. You, you do see... You do see... Will say, you do see far in the background, uh, Rondri laying on his back, face up, like like face up on his back. Um, yeah, I think it still looks like they're handling it. So I'm going to turn around <laughs> and uh, walk into the cabin, follow Pen. Whiskers, you see a quaint, cozy cottage, quite rustic with homey furnishings, the idyllic grandmother's house, a modest hearth burns in the main seated area, filling you with a toasty warmth that quickly replaces any lingering cold from outside. The smell of cinnamon, spiced tea, and onions lingers in the air, calming your nerves and putting you at ease. You're giving the feeling of absolute safety and comfort. There's an adjoining room through an arch with a long wooden table topped with warm wool cloth, atop which sits delicious looking food that momentarily hands your stomach the reins Pen is at the door, and uh, is being is talking to uh, another little girl uh, that is in there. What? Hey, um, 
What? Hi. Uh, so we're looking for the the fates. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's us. You came to the right place. Welcome. This is our uh, this is our humble abode. <laughs> uh, come on in. Come on in. It's cold out there. Come on. Come on. And uh, you see Whiskers. She's being led in to the to the fire over to the fireplace uh, off to your left uh, by a young girl with hay blonde hair done up in pigtails. A pale yellow uh, Victorian-style dress with rips up the side and dirt stains aplenty. She talks with big, lively, animated gestures, bursting with energy and life, her attention never seeming to settle on one thing for too long. This is like when a coyote plays with, like, your family dog and then lures it into the backwoods and fucking the pack closes in. Oh, my God. That's what's happening right now. Whiskers does feel sort of like what Noah just said, like something is wrong so he's gonna have his Mm -hmm. hand the gavel's out actually the gavel's out oh the gavel's out the gavel's out baby and he's gonna slowly walk into the room kind of take in this his surroundings and he's gonna look for Mm -hmm. the other two fates yeah uh so uh there seems to be a kitchen beyond the the long table with the food on it there seems to be a, a door frame that leads to a kitchen of some kind uh and you can see just kind of going back and forth in the kitchen. Uh, there seems to be an older, um, a middle-aged uh, woman with dark, tawny brown hair. Uh, kind of, she's she's wearing an apron. She's kind of moving back and forth in the kitchen, carrying pots and pans. Uh, and over on, to the right, to the left of the fireplace, to the right, you see in the on the back uh, right of the room a uh, an older woman seated in a wooden chair with her back in front of a large loom. I will go up to the middle-aged, the, the middle one, the one in the kitchen. Oh, okay, so she's through the living room, the oh. dining room, and she's in the back of the Never kitchen. Never mind. I'm going to go to the one closest to me other than the little girl. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the, the older uh, woman. I'll turn uh, to the older the woman, woman in front of and I'll say, uh, what the devil is this place? She just is working uh, fervidly on, at her loom, and uh, she, she honestly looks like a big... Uh, pile of laundry like a person who's a, a big pile of laundry but she's i got these like <laughs> long spindly fingers and she's just working away on her loom and she goes you'll have to speak up this thing's a little loud what the devil is this place and then she the bloom kind of stops like winds down and she takes her hands off and she turns around and she looks at you and you see the oldest woman you have ever seen uh yeah. she's got no teeth but a thin line cracked into like an impish smile, uh, big thick Coke bottle glasses, long white hair like cobwebs adrift on the breeze with a few lingering streaks of charcoal black. She's bundled cozily in numerous multicolored layers of shawls, scarves, and silks that make her look like a big shambling pile of laundry. She looks at you and she goes, um, this is our home. Welcome. That's a great description of a person, by the way. Pile of Thanks. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> you can see it, right? Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. To our home. And she kind of claps her hands together. We're looking for the fates. You found them, Sonny. Right, well, I would like to tell you we've got a bit of a situation. Uh, Morgan, the kangaroo. Yes, yes, we know, we know. You know she's going a bit psycho back there. Oh, she does that. <laughs> right. You might want to go help your friends. Look, I've got to babysit Pen. I don't want you guys to oh. go, you know, crazy on her or whatever. Uh, rest assured, young man. And she kind of, like, taps you on your on your armor and you go, ooh, kind of grips your biceps <laughs> a little bit. I'll flex a little bit. <laughs> ooh, oh, wow. Uh, I rest assured, young man, she is fine with us here. We shall protect her for you if you wish to go, but if you wish to stay, that is also acceptable, of course. I think I'm going to stay and just, you know, make sure everything goes kosher. Please, please make yourself at home. Get comfortable. And then she goes back to the loom. Igor. Is Igor still hiding behind the bat? Uh... No, Anything no. for him? I want Igor. Igor is going to look at the situation and see his now only friends getting hurt. So he's going to try. Can he sneak up closer to Morgan? He can try. Is there like places for him to go to do that? Oh, yeah. There are. Yeah, there's some uh, some barrels actually in between um, the big vat where he is and Morgan. Cool. So he can sneak that. up to those. Mm-hmm. There's still a ways for Morgan. So it gets him safety. Nine. 
Nine. Okay. He uh, creeps over to Morrigan. She doesn't seem to take any notice of him, though. Okay. Uh, then he's going to stay there for this round. Uh, actually, make him have... Uh, sorry, I forgot to have you roll a wisdom save for him to see if he dances insanely. Fourteen. He dances insanely rather than uh, going up to the barrels. <laughs> so he is just behind the vat. He, he he wants to go to the barrels so badly, but his feet are just, they're just going crazy. Uh, all right, it is Morgan's turn. Uh, Morgan is going to, seeing you there, Gallivan, she is going to whip around on you, her long black cloak whipping, uh, whipping as if in competition with your cloak. And she <laughs> strides up the dais, up the steps at you with the sword out. And she says, I would expect as much blind ignorance and rash clumsiness from a foppish noble like yourself. But I did think that justices held more wisdom. Clearly much has changed in my absence. I do this for Voros. And then she swings at you. Oh. And she crits. Oh boy. Bye guys. Yeah. Well, it was fun. You... It was a fun podcast. <laughs> we have to stop the podcast because Galvin's <laughs> done. <laughs> Whiskers, it's okay, but Galvin, fuck no. <laughs> Galvin, do you have more than 18 HP? No. Okay, roll a d20, please. Okay. Eleven. Okay, you do not take a lingering, lingering injury. See, silver lining. But yeah, there's a silver lining. Um, you, the last thing you hear as as Morgan swings her blade, thrusts it at you, is her saying, "It is not merely the girl you have doomed. Your colossal folly will lead to untold death, the destruction of all Voros, possibly even all of Spanth." <sighs> I must stop your future flailings to right my past wrongs. And then the sword enters through your chest and everything goes black as you feel yourself go faint and fall to the ground. Ay, caramba. Indeedably. Indeedably. Rondri, you then hear silence for a second and then you hear... Like the noise from the Princess Bride when, when Wesley is dead and they fill his lungs up with the bellows and then they press on his chest. And it's like the You hear that noise coming from Galvin, but he's not saying any intelligible words. It's just like the air is being Like all the air is just being sucked out of him. And as you kind of glance up to see it, you see that Morgan is holding the staff with the orb on it down onto onto Gallivan's, touching it to his uh, head, and you see some sort of blue energy um, being sucked out of him. Uh, Oh! Oh, oh, oh. And then the crows fly over to you, Rondre. They are going to attempt to grapple you, actually. So please make an athletics or acrobatics check. Acrobatics it is. Oh my gosh. Ah, uh, that's an eight. Okay, well they didn't they didn't roll very well either. In fact, they got a three. So Ooh. these crows start pecking you and you feel your clothes start to being lift up, and as they start to lift you up, your legs a, sh- a shooting pain goes through your legs, uh, but you you uh, remain on the ground. They cannot seem to lift you and grapple you. It is the top of the round. We do Morrigan's lair action. Boo. Boo indeed. She taps her staff on the ground and Rondri, the light in your area changes from yellow to purple to the dark ominous purple. Rondri, you suddenly feel as if you did if you didn't before, you suddenly now feel like everything is going wrong and that nothing <laughs> can go right. Yeah. Sorry, were you talking to me or Rondri? <laughs> uh, above. It is your turn, Rondri. Oh, sorry, did you make a concentration check when uh, whatever oh, happened to you last time? I forgot. Oh, that's an at 20 on that concentration check. Oh, excellent. It is your turn. You are on your back, and there are uh, there's a murder of crows hovering over you. Uh, what save do I need to make? 
charisma save. Yeah, it, I guess it doesn't matter. I rolled a two for that, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, you you feel like nothing can go right. What effect happens to me? Uh, the, your critical failure window is now a dice roll of one through ten. Right, right, right. Good call. Um, we gotta remind the listeners, too. Uh, you gotta. You gotta remind the I'm listeners. I'm gonna s- stand up so I'm not prone. Mm-hmm. And then... Stand up. Um, I'm gonna... Oh, do I still have my thunder cannon or no? You do still have your thunder cannon. Okay. Oh, they should have taken it away from you. Fuck. Oh, well. Uh, I'm gonna use the disarm action on, um, Morgan. Morgan. However you pronounce it. Ah, Morgan. Morgan. Uh, and I'm... It's an N. Yeah, Morgan. Oh, I thought you were saying Morgan. Sorry. I did it first, and then I said Morgan the second time. Okay. Uh, Morgan, (laughs) um... My ends probably sound like ends. Uh, I'm gonna do disarm. It's fucking zoom. zoom. Cool. Uh, roll, roll a, a attack roll. Yep. Um, hey, that's not bad. And are you doing it on the uh, on the uh, staff or yeah. the sword? On the staff. Okay. okay. And did you roll on the die one through, or anything one through ten? No, I actually rolled a sixteen plus four, right so that's a dirty twenty. Nice. Ooh, I don't think she can beat that. Dirt twenty. Yeah, no, she only got a 14. So you fire off your thunder cannon uh, loudly as it blasts across the room. You you um, do notice that it is still not in, it seems to be finicky, but you like give it a couple like like whacks and it kind of seems to stabilize and then you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, uh, come on. And you fire it off and it does manage to hit her staff uh, knocking it out of her hands what? onto the ground. Oh and then God. I'm going to say, get away from him, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Anything else? I'm going to feel the existential dread wash over, and I'm going to look at the crows, and I'm going to plead with them. Uh, go, go away. Morgan slowly turns around and, and stares, her eyes almost like almost like bloodshot with rage as she stares at you and she goes, you insolent little whelp. Yeah, these things are awful, as I point to the crows. <laughs> nice. Uh, she, oh, she can't do her boss action because she needs her staff. Ooh, baby. So her boss action actually does not. She does not choose to do it now. She can still do it later if she gets her staff, but she's not gonna do it now. Crobin, back to dream world. Um, at this moment, Crow, like, am I sucked into these memories with Joa? You are. You're okay. like a bystander just watching, but they don't, nobody in the d- memories, dreams seems to uh, see you. And you seem to go through them. Did you know like that was? No. I, that uh, that, that m- must have was been your my real mother. It certainly seems that way. And you don't remember her? I mean, I, I do, but it doesn't make Magic. sense. I was raised here by Morrigan, yes. I, I've always lived here in the Bytopia. You That's remember. my life. I don't know where these other images are coming from, but... We don't have time for this. You have to come with me. What? Co- come with you? She's been working with the Candle Keepers to try and change fate somehow. They, they, they want to take over. I don't know what you're talking about. The Candle Keepers' fate. I don't, I don't know. Morrigan is... My mother, but she lives in the Bytopia, and there's nobody around called the Candle Keepers. No, Bytopia isn't real. Look up of there. Of course it is. I'm gonna like point up at the sphere. Are we outside again? Or are we still in the pagoda? You're you're in the pagoda, but uh, the, it is it isn't kind of open roofed, so you can point through it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm pointing at the sphere uh, suspended mm-hmm. between the two topias <laughs> uh, on the rainbow. Um, that's yes. where we have to go. That's back to the real world. I, I, I don't know what you've talked. Look, I don't you're know what the you're only talking one about. Who can stop them? I, you said that. You said that in the past. In the past, you're talking crazy. Okay, I've been to the orb many times. I promise you, it does nothing. It, it produces it, harmless silver mist sometimes, but that's it. Have you ever gone into it? You can't go into it. It's solid. See, you don't know what you're talking about. We have to Where did you come from? I came from it. The... the crow's eye up there? 
Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. Did you come out of it? I don't understand. Do I'm sorry, you're losing the me. Fire of of violent destinies. The under the tree. Spire. And as he like spits out those words, <laughs> there's a huge flash. Yeah. As you <laughs> hit the magic word of the day. Flash it, baby. Give me the flash. Yeah. <laughs> you, so, so Spire oh, seems to flash. as well, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you do. You're like, damn you for making it take so long. Uh, you slap him and many scenes begin to flash by, covering what seem to be a dozen or so years worth of memories. Um, but it, like a roulette wheel, they all flash by, flash by, flash by, until they seem to finally settle. You see this Elijah arriving at the spire for a first time, a child, not much older than he was in the last vision you saw of him being taken by the Birdman. He's arriving at the spire in front of them, the looming black towers. You feel his fear and dread as a hooded figure in a black cloak opens the heavy doors in front. Flash again, you see Elijah in the grove with the druids. You're filled with friendship and camaraderie as they learn to sing the songs of the grass and the stones. They walk through the grassy meadows, brushing their hands against the healthy white trees. Elijah's song causes the flowers to blossom on the trees into stunning reds and purples to the other druids' amazement. Elijah learning magic from a tall elven wizard whose face seems somewhat familiar to you. The two levitate pots and make the nearby torches change colors rapidly. They dance with profound silliness. The elven man falls trying to copy Elijah's moves, but his aid shows and he loses his balance and falls. Get down, Extractor Piero! <laughs> Looks like I just did! They cry through tears of laughter. Another flash as Elijah and the druids are in their green robes, sitting around a campfire as one of them, an old tabaxi catwoman with bright orange fur wearing a tall hat of tree branch antlers, tells a story about a hungry bear who tried to eat the world with all the ease of a seasoned storyteller. Her audience riveted. Elijah sits wide-eyed, hanging tightly onto every word. Another flash. Eliza, Elijah, nervous as they give the elven man a gift, a starry robe that Elijah made themselves. The elven man hugs them close and thanks them, tossing their short, dreaded mop of hair. All of a sudden, Elijah, Joa, standing next to you, not from the image, but the one from the pagoda standing next to you goes, what is all this? This isn't me. I am Elijah. This isn't my life. It can't be. I, I would remember this. No, and then he looks listen, to you for answers. They took your memories. That's what they do. Those bird people in, I, I, in, the, in the dream you just had. That wasn't a dream. I, that was a memory. And they take people to the spire and they take away their memories so they can control them. No, 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 no. Morrigan's Another flash. Oh, You're whisked oh. away. Elijah watches as the tabaxi catwoman is being put to rest in the ground. Her body still, a singular seed planted over her in a ritual ceremony. The crown of tree branches, antlers, being lowered onto the now older Elijah's head as the druids proclaim in unison their new leader, Haruspex Joa! Oh, shit. Nice. An older monk approaches the young Haruspex and begins to question them intense, intensely on what they know of their mother's intentions. Sorry, we flash to a new scene. This is not happening at his coronation. The conversation gets tense quickly and ends with the young Joa rebuffing the monk with a terse warning. Back off, Brother Virgil. You know not of what you speak. Another flash. Elijah and their old elven friend, now wearing the starlight robe, talking tensely in the spire courtyard, violence and chaos blossoming all around them. What would you ask of me, young Joa Elan? Please, Piero, stall my mother at whatever cost. I've taken the destinescence she gathered. I'm going to hide it someplace safe. The other druids are going to... He trails off, looking away. A reprieve. 
Then, looking back, he says with firm finality, They're going to help me stop her. The two stared hard at each other. Then Piero nods solemnly. They hug, and you feel great affection welling between them. Then they pull apart, and Extractor Piero strides with stoic purpose towards the wizard's tower for the last time. Elijah watches until they are nearly run through by a blade, by an ambushing crow monk above them. Virgil, the monk, drops down out of the tree and intercepts the foe. He turns to Elijah, face straining. Go. Another flash. Elijah, face twisted with strain and emotional agony, crying hot tears as they complete the fiery ritual. They stand in the sacrificial grove, the charred husks of their druid brothers and sisters smoldering on the large stone altar before them. They approach and hold out hands full of mistletoe, chanting old words in deep druidic, as silver-green wisps emerge from the pyre and are absorbed into Elijah. They look down at their hands and flex them, newly acquired power surging. With a look full of fierce intent, hands ball into white-knuckled fists, and they leave the empty, lifeless grove behind. There's another flash, and you are back in the pagoda. Elijah's face is entirely blank at this point. Let's go. Anything for Pete the Duck? <laughs> um, Pete the Duck. I'm going to roll a check. Mm-hmm. It's a 19. It is a charisma check now, as uh, Pete is in the purple zone with Rondri. Okay, it's a 19. Okay, he succeeds. Right. No effect. Um, then he's going to fly. I think he, he just had a moment of conscience. Because he, he, he's the um, homunculus of Virgil, is that right? He's the homunculus of, of the Wizards of the Spire. And Piero is, would, yeah, was a Wizard of the Spire, so yeah. I think he just remembered Piero. Fuck yeah, dude. And now he's going to flappy, 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 flap all the way over to Morrigan's eye and take it just like Vale would do. Oh, shit. Quack attack! Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, as Pete the Duck flies over to Morrigan, Rondri, you are the only one who hears him call out as he goes, he does have a flash of conscience. You're absolutely right. Are you shitting me? He goes, no, not another elf. No, no, I, I won't let you do to him what you did to Extractor Piero. I won't let you turn him into that, that creature. Oh, shit. Yeah, oh, it's Igor. Oh, my God. Wow. Wait. Pete the Duck makes an attack oh, on Morgan. Oh, Piero was turned into Igor? Yeah, he has that robe. He has a starry yeah. robe. Good thing oh, we befriended him and didn't fuck. murder his ass. Holy shit. Do it, Pete. You roll the 19. Peck her fucking eye out. Was that a roll? I mean, you're rolling it, not me. Yeah, baby. Yeah, he, <laughs> I did an attack roll before you cut into half his moment of conscious. Um, and I rolled a 19. With oh, nice. Conditions. Dang. So two 19s Double in 19s. a row. That is very, very good. So He's like, with flat. that, yeah, <laughs> with that, he brings his bill down on Morrigan, who is absolutely not looking out for a duck to come flying out of the air at her eye. And he lowers his bill and smashes Morrigan in the eye. Yes. For one bludgeoning damage. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a lot. You ever get poked in the eye? Fucking hurts. Yes, I have. It's not fun. It's not fun. If nothing else, at least she's no longer having fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Gallivan, it's your turn. You don't need to roll any death saves, but you do have, you as an elf, have always taken trances. You do not dream as an elf. Right. You might have flashes and visions and whatnot. I think I did say you had a dream of vampires at one point earlier, but we're gonna ignore that. <laughs> but, <laughs> Galavan, you open your eyes and you're having the most realistic vision. You're in a paradise of nature. Oh shit, yeah. Whoa. Above you, a rainbow. And a, a giant sphere that looks exactly like the orb Morrigan had. 
and a palatial pagoda on another plane of nature above that. You see no one around you. How curious. Oh, this must be the afterlife. But one thing, where is Lumund? Uh, He's a trickster, though. He is around here somewhere, I know. (laughs) And I'll start looking for Lumund. I'm going to make an investigation check. All right. That's pretty good. That's a 17. You scan your horizon. It is is the brightest daylight you have seen. There is not any moonlight to be found. There is a giant orb hanging in the sky, but it doesn't look like Lumund or the moon. It looks identical to a large solid orb. The, the orb from before that exudes the silver mist. And it even does exude a little mist. It looks like a moon, but doesn't seem to be lumen. But as you think about investigating this orb, your body lifts up into the sky and you float towards it. You float passing through a brilliant prismatic rainbow. And you get closer to this orb as this 100 foot by 100 foot sphere comes into focus in front of you. You notice that there are large cracks that have started to form in it. And there is a large amount of mist pouring out of this sphere. It seems like this orb is uh, breaking or shattering. And the daylight is starting to get a little duller. The colors are starting to fade from this world. Yes. Interesting. And so I, I figured out that I can go anywhere that I think about, right? Yeah. Okay. So... I want to try to go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you start flying around everywhere. Yeah. You you see beautiful flowers, waterfall. You see a waterfall that defies gravity and nature. It, it crashes upwards at the top instead of the bottom. Yeah. Uh, you see trees. Uh, the trees seem to change. Some of them change variety uh, when you blink. Some of them grow in size and then shrink down to a patch of flowers. Some these flowers, that, some of them that you see, are are crystalline and ever shifting in nature. Seems right. surreal, like a Salvador Dali painting. You would know. Morgan. Yeah, I'm just going everywhere then, including yeah. the pagoda at some point. But I don't. Obviously, I'm probably not there on, on this. Yeah, stop. that's. Let's say that's your last stop on your magical mystery tour. Okay. Whiskers, you are in the cottage. Pen is uh, playing with some cloth dolls with the young fate by the fireplace. They're kind of sitting down and, you know, on their bellies, kind of kicking their feet up, playing and talking, asking each other all about each other. Look, Miss Fate, I'm talking to the older lady. Mm -hmm. The bag of Mm -hmm. laundry. (laughs) Look, uh, we're kind of in a rush, you know. Morgan's going crazy over there, so would you just tell Penn what her future's gonna be and tell her what the key is, whatever, (laughs) and let's get going. (laughs) Oh, I... You mortals, uh, always in such a hurry. (laughs) There is no rush, I promise you. Things will be dealt with in their appropriate time. No, I'm telling you, there is a rush. My friends are getting hurt back there. (laughs) Well, then she kind of cocks an eye up at you and turning slightly. Maybe you should help them. You fucking... Gah! Son of a... I'm going to pop my head out the window real quick to see... Mm-hmm. I want to look through the portal again and see what's going on back in the room. Yeah. It's 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 a ways away. It's over 60 feet at this point through dark, dark woods. But you see a small window of light uh, that uh, also a little bit of smoke seems to be... Of black smoke seems to be trailing out of. Um, but you see uh, Morrigan with her back to you and the rest of the room seems... Pretty empty. You see Rondry far, far in the back, surrounded by uh, crows. But I don't see Galvin anymore, so... You do not. There's no way you can hurry things up for me. Well, let me just put it to you this way. This girl, as you probably know, is very special. Mm -hmm. Her fate is quite special. Mm-hmm. It is not something that can be <laughs> rushed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna... And wouldn't you like to know your future too? Or maybe information about your past? Uh, yes. 
No, look, we're, we're busy right now. Pen, what do you want to do? Huh? What? What do I want to do? Um, uh, I mean, I, um, I could go back and help. Uh, will the thing stay open? I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, 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 it'll, it'll stay open, uh-huh. As long as we keep it open, <laughs> it'll stay open. So I guess we could, I mean, I could go back with you if that's what you're really scared of, Whiskers, but honestly, I feel, feel good here. Mm, I Me don't and know. Me having a great time. Whiskers is going to fall down onto his knees and just be like, what do I do? <laughs> the, the little girl Clotho laughs. <laughs> he's silly. Oh, yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a riot. Whiskers, is, are they okay? I don't know, Pen. They're fighting in a Well, you looked through the window. Uh, I only saw Morgan's back. Gallivan's missing. Rondry looks hurt. Oh, I, and she starts to stand, clearly anxiety kind of getting to it. I, I feel like we should go back then, Whiskers. Um, if you're waiting on me, I don't want to keep you from helping them if they're in trouble. I've got an idea. I kind of just thought you would come once you were done there if you guys did it. You give me your word, fate lady, that you will keep Penn safe. Ah, fuck that. I grab Penn by the arm and I... I will! <laughs> I will! Okay! And I leave the cabin. Suit yourself! And you grab Penn and Penn runs with you. And then I actually poke my head back in the cabin and I say, and don't you close this fucking door because we're going to come back and we're going to find out what we're supposed to do. Understand me? We're not going to close the door. And then you, you turn around and run. <laughs> Thank you. The door stays open. Cool. Yeah, you run into the dark woods. You... As you're running through the woods, you get to kind of fully take them in from the opposite side now that you don't have like a you know, laser focused thing in sight. Um, they're very dark and ominous. These woods are, they don't, you don't feel good running through these woods. Fart sticks. I'm gonna stop running and just stand about 10 feet away from the cabin with Pen and holding Pen's hand. Ooh, okay. You, uh, <laughs> it is, it is very, it is very cold out here, uh, and you feel a you feel um, an impending sense of great fear welling up inside you, but you're not sure why. We'll take two steps back, and then we'll go back into the cabin. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Jared. Uh, Jared just shaking his own head at himself. Parenting, you know. Yeah, man, parenting. Rough, man, these are hard decisions. It's like, do I go have fun or do I take care of the kid? <laughs> well, you need a sitter. There's three uh, sitters okay. in the cottage. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, there are. Um, three sitters that I've never right. met before. No, I'm. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I don't think they're good. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we'll call it. Beauty. Duty. Beauty. Duty. Oh man. Oi. Fucking. Awesome. I this can't believe great. that Morgan is not even his real mom and all his fucking memories are stolen upon going to the spire and that he, oh man, they, I don't even know There's what to so do much. with that. Ugh. Who are they? Woo. This is great. Dang. Woo. This is not going how I thought it would go. You guys are, you guys are rascals. Yeah, they're such little rascals. Rascals. Thank you guys. We love you guys so much. Uh, please, if you could, help us out by subscribing to our podcast, by rating our podcast, by reviewing this very podcast. Seriously, it helps new podcasts reach more people. And I still kind of consider us a new podcast. We're definitely independent at yeah. the very least. So we need all the help we can get, kind of. Um, because if you got a lot of money for marketing, you can easily get yourself out there. But if you don't, like us little independent babies... Uh, it's much harder. So please help us uh, promote this awesome podcast. Um, and if you write a review, we will give you a shout out. Um, and we might name a character in the world after you, like we did with our good friend, Piero. You know, if you're a true fan, you'll name yourself after a character in the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's a, a good very point. good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Our reviews. Yeah, if you, if... yeah, there you go. Yeah, if you want to take over as producer for our podcast, name yourself after one of our characters, and we will <laughs> make, make you producer. producer yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, Extractor Piero was named after Maximilian Piero, a most generous fan who actually tipped us on our Ko-Fi. What's a Ko-Fi, you ask? Oh, well, let me tell you. It's a website, ko-fi.com slash mqbd is where you can find it. It is a tip jar of sorts. So if you are super kind and you want to throw a little cash our way to help support our podcast, 
uh, please visit there and throw us any amount of money you care to uh, part with, you know? Uh, we really appreciate it, seriously. And we will definitely name a character in the world after you then. Uh, yeah, so thank you all so much. We do have some shout outs. Uh, oh, we have one amazing, in addition to the mention of you know, Maximilian Piero, we have one amazing shout out today. Guys, I'm sorry, I still don't know how it's pronounced. It's either Tamara or Tamara. I'm gonna go with Tamara, because I think it is Tamara. Tamara De La Clark, you are amazing. <laughs> Oh my God, she is. Oh, yeah. She's yes. honestly, you are. Absolutely. You are the coolest. She has made us so much fan art. She is possibly the creator, but definitely at least an editor of the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town fandom page, which you can go check out and add wiki entries to if you like, yeah, if you so choose so to, cool. if you love. And helpful. Yes. Yes, it would. And and if you like get into the world like she does, like we do, you you want to check it out. Um, yeah. And it, so it's she's, she's just been so amazing and through the supportive throughout this whole process. She comments all the time on Podbean. She's re-listened to it multiple times. She's told friends. She's completed the Telly Friends challenge. Is there anything Tamara can't do, or Tamara? Oh man, we're really fanboying about. Tamara. She's. I mean, what can I say? She's the best. We might have yeah. to start drawing Tamara fan art. Oh shit. Yet we haven't created her as a character in our Dude, I'm waiting. Game. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be good. That's a great character. Yeah, I do need to find out if it's Tamara or Tamara first. So, hey, you know what? Tamara, Tamara, please shoot me a tweet. Let me know. Or if I can remember, I'll shoot you one, but I probably won't. But I will find out before I name a character after you. Tia and Tamara. Oh, oh, is that why you're pronouncing it Tamara? Like Tia and Tamara Maori? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just the only one saying it wrong. No, there's, they're both alternate pronunciations. Well, I, no, yeah. I have a friend, Tamara. We don't have to talk about this now. <laughs> I think she's German, actually. Oh, How would that be pronounced, Jared? I'll ask a German person. I think it's pronounced Klaus. Oh, Klaus. Klaus. I think. Or Heinrich. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, we got to move on. Guys, thank wow. you. Thank you so much, Eric DeLong, for writing the music. Thank you so much, Sarah Pohl, for editing the show. Guys, Yay. our song is Kaputski. Please send us your own version of our song or an entirely new song. We will play it if we like it at the end of the episode. And I promise you will probably like it. Please, under a minute, um, because we love songs that are under a minute. Uh, but we want to focus on your art. Seriously, how cool would that be? Guys, if you want to talk to us, at MagicQuestBoy on Twitter and Instagram, use our hashtag MQBD. Thank you very much for listening. we got to bounce. we got to record that next one. Guys... Tune in next time to find out what happens next. Bye-bye.